This podcast is brought to you by Bud Light. It's summertime, and that means it's time to get outside and enjoy the weather with some crisp, refreshing Bud Lights. Bud Light has the perfect summer lineup with Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange, both brewed with real citrus peels. New and just in time for summer is Bud Light Lemon Tea, brewed with real lemon peels and tea leaves. It's the ideal drink for summer, but it's only here for a limited time, so get it before it's gone. And to really get you in the summer spirit, Bud Light is giving everyone the chance to win the getaway of a lifetime. You can win two tickets aboard a VIB cruise to the Bahamas this summer, featuring a live performance by Jake Owen and, of course, plenty of Bud Light. For a chance to win, simply post your Bud Light summertime photos using the hashtags Real Enough to Get Away and hashtag Bud Light Contest on Facebook and Instagram. See BudLight.com slash Real Enough to Get Away for more details. Today's show is sponsored by the new movie Yesterday. Imagine a world where no one remembers the Beatles except for you. From the director of Slumdog Millionaire and the writer of Love Actually comes a rock and roll comedy about music, dreams, friendship, and the long winding road that leads to the love of your life. It's the movie Yesterday and it's in theaters June 28th. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Wonderful stories to discuss this week. One sad. We'll talk about who Gloria Vanderbilt was in addition to being Anderson Cooper's mother. It's appreciative. It's, yeah, you know, she a, died. Yeah, a celebration sure. of a life. 95. That's yes. a very long life. And she had a very newsworthy life as well. That's true. <laughs> talk about that. Also, there's a lot happening in Cannes, which, you know, can't resist a Mediterranean story. That's true. Yacht update. Yacht update. Sort of. We'll discuss. <laughs> and big wedding in vogue to, as of today, which is Caroline Wozniacki and David Lee finally got married. And their wedding comes with 64 photos, I think, for you to look at in vogue. We'll talk about those. But first, an update on one of last week's hot topics. Bradley Cooper, Irina Shake, and Lady Gaga. Amanda, what are they up to? So the paparazzi photographs are just on one this week with Bradley Arena separate but together. They are co-parenting. Bradley was like filmed boarding a private jet with Leah, their daughter, on Father's Day. Meanwhile, Arena has been photographed in matching Burberry with their daughter, which is iconic. I think that Bradley Cooper was also wearing Burberry the same day, but separately. I mean, I would give anything— to be a fly on the wall of their various publicist offices and understand how this was put together and the coordination of it all. I'm just going to read straight from page six. Great. Page six style. On Monday, the model and the couple's daughter, Leah Desen, visited a playground in Brooklyn wearing coordinating looks from Burberry. <laughs> That's that. And then Cooper was spotted later that day making his way to his ex-girlfriend's apartment wearing a black Burberry polo featuring the same tartan on the placket along with khaki pants and a pair of his Nike by Ricardo Tishi Air Force One sneakers. This is so quite the breakup opus. is quite literally sponsored by Burberry. Yes, it is. They had like sent a drop off to be photographed in all the paparazzi. I mean, I have no knowledge of that, but that's sure what it seems like. I'm really into Irina's Burberry shirt dress. She looks great. Yeah, and this child looks very cute. She's wearing little Burberry Tevis. She's super blonde. Well, that happens, I think, when you're very young. I, I bet Bradley Cooper was, like, extremely blonde as a child. One note I'd like to research in the future is mm-hmm. when they have to blur out the child's face and when they don't. The Daily Mail does it more because of the British rules. Yes. But sometimes they do it in page six, sometimes they don't. Also, with the Daily Mail, sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. I'm very confused about when you have to. I don't know anything. I would guess that it has to do with where the company is based. Right. That That's not like not where the photograph is taken, but like the where, where the company you're, is where operating. you're liable, basically. Yes, exactly. The only other thing I want to note here is it 
An update from the Twitter account Film Updates, which I don't I don't know who's behind Film Updates. Here is the tweet. Lady Gaga is reportedly being considered, does not say by in what report, for the role of Lila with three L's, Rocket's love interest, who is set to make an appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you have not had the privilege or the punishment of sitting through the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, Bradley Cooper plays Rocket, a raccoon. <laughs> Whatever. As discussed last week, I have not seen those movies, but perhaps I would for this. Anyway, this would mark a reunion between Gaga and Bradley Cooper, who voices Rocket after last year's A Star is Born. I want to note, they wouldn't have to be in the same room at the same time to to do that. Okay, so this is not happening. This is just some stands on the internet who can't let go of the idea that it was— like, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are real. And I might be one of the top five A Star is Born fans, like, on the earth. I don't know whether that's true in terms of passion, but just ter- in terms of me saying nice things about A Star is Born in public, I have to be up there. Sure. I've received no money, just for the record. And I don't believe that they're a real couple. Why are we doing this? What is this insistence? I don't know. Also, like, many of the Irina and, and Bradley breakup articles noted that mm-hmm. they haven't spoken in a long time. Guys, this isn't happening. That's no. not what's happening. No, definitely not. Yeah. Okay. It's great rumors, though. If she would also like to be a raccoon in a cartoon movie, more power to her. I'm not sure why she would choose to spend her time this way, but... It doesn't seem up her alley. I think for, like, a, a slightly lazier performer, and I no shots, like, I, mm-hmm. I would be this way, it's, like, a good way to make some easy money without having to, like... Yeah, get too dressed up. Even if she wanted to voice a character for money, I think Lady Gaga can do more than yeah. Lila, the love interest let's in go Guardians Disney. of let's the Galaxy Let's go bigger 3. with Disney. Yeah, you, let's have a movie built around you. You're Lady Gaga. Yeah, like okay. let's wait for the live action Little Mermaid yeah, or something. Yeah, let's have some standards. There we go. <laughs> um, okay, we'll continue to watch this space. You know how Ariel, there's the there's the um, moment where she sings, uh, 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 was, why has uh, anyone photoshopped the uh, Lady Gaga? Uh, oh, or the, that's Video shopped the eyes into it. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) Maybe they have, and I just haven't seen it. Okay. It just seems so obvious. Moving on, Caroline Wozniacki's wedding to David Lee. Yes. I was mad that Serena Williams didn't Instagram this more over the weekend, and then I realized it's because there was a Vogue exclusive. There was a Vogue exclusive, and in this collection of photos, they also show the Vogue reporter who is there. Like, one of the photos is, like, just of the Vogue reporter. It's really funny. I mean, why not? I don't want to be— I actually like this. I'm happy for Caroline Wozniacki. There aren't a lot of celebrities at this wedding, which I think is good. That means she's a normal person. But I suppose in terms of like Vogue editorial, when you're looking for the same like three people are in all 64 photos. So I guess you just got to throw the Vogue editor in for for clicks. So there's David Lee was uh, in the NBA for like 10 years. Who did he play for? He played for the Knicks. And then he played for the Warriors where he won a championship with them. And then he was on the Mavs briefly. And then he was on the San Antonio Spurs briefly as well. Okay. And as far as I can tell, and I checked on Instagram to like look at the tag pictures, NBA players are pretty good about tagging their friends and stuff, as as are their wags. Mm -hmm. As far as I can tell, the only two NBA players who attended this, and I could be wrong, there's just no evidence of it, are Pagasol, who he was with in San Antonio, and Harrison Barnes, who he was with in Golden State. Yes. And— I think that's really weird. I think it's really, like, Harrison Barnes got married two years ago, and he had, like, a lot of NBA players there. And, like, I just, NBA weddings is one of my areas of expertise, and this is a strange to only have two. Particularly, like, in Italy, these dudes are, like, willing to travel and stuff. They're, like, happy to go. Just very, it's very weird. Does it have anything to do with the timing, this wedding being so soon after the season? No. I mean, maybe for some of his Golden State 
fellow teammates, but I don't really think so. Okay. I, I just think I mean, it's weird. To, it, it, in the defense, in his defense, in the defense of the Golden State teammates, a lot of them are going through a lot of stuff right now. Sure. So maybe they aren't in like an actual physical position to fly to Italy. I'm pretty sure there's some other other reasons why they weren't there. Okay, but wow, yeah. So it is notable that I think Serena is the only photographed tennis player. There's one the other one. Oh, or may- maybe I saw that on Instagram. It's a it's a young woman. Hold on, I'll pull okay. That. That's good. Serena was a bridesmaid. Yes, she was. And Olympia got her own cute little monogrammed robe. There is a great photo. They did a hair and makeup photo, which is my worst nightmare, but they all seem to be having a nice time. Yes, so they good did. for them. And it's all like it's Caroline and her bridesmaids in robes doing hair and makeup. And then Olympia is just kind of to the side of the frame looking like confused. It's a really great photograph. The other tennis player who was there, her name is Nicole Gibbs, and she went to Stanford. Okay. I I'm a person who watches tennis, and I'm not familiar with Nicole Gibbs, but I ho- hope she had a great time at this wedding. What would be worse for you, Amanda? Being forced to do, like, color war, field day games mm-hmm. at a wedding or be photographed in the middle of hair and makeup? Absolutely hair and makeup. No <laughs> question. No hesitance. Like, I, I mean, if you're going to a wedding, so this wedding was in Tuscany at a beautiful hotel where— Kate Upton and Justin Verlander were also apparently married and also where my friends Katie and Becky went on their honeymoon. Oh, wow. Very nice, apparently. Uh, but, like, once you've traveled all the way to Tuscany for a wedding, you know, you're committing. You're like, I'm going to be a part of this experience. So I would do an obstacle course. Yeah, so they, I, they made them do, like, like, field games and, like, compete and stuff. But, like, they, like, crushed grapes. And then there was, like, a basically a bouncy right. castle obstacle course. I would participate for, like, 60 to 90 minutes and then— Show yourself the door. Go to the pool and have a glass of wine. Sure. But I would show up. I would probably even wear a headband. I wouldn't put it—like, they were also wearing face paint, and yeah. that is probably where I would draw the line. But I would do it. The hair and makeup photo is one of my worst nightmares. In these hair and makeup photos, the only person whose makeup is not yet done is Caroline Wozniacki. And it's ditto for her hair, basically. So maybe that helps soften the blow. She's wearing a lot of makeup in this photo. I don't know what you're talking about. But her rollers are still in. Yeah. And then there's also the one of her having makeup applied. Okay. The Um, the rest of them, though, I think are done. Well, that's what happens. You have to go if— Make way for the bride. Yeah. Wow. It, It did look like a really nice wedding. It seems lovely. I like her dress. I went to a wedding in Sicily one time, and it was, like, just extremely fun. I'm pro-destination wedding if it's a super destination. Like, if it's really far away and, like, you have to commit, Mm -hmm. then I think it's worth it. I actually am also pro-destination wedding in the sense that once you're there, you're there. Yeah. You know, and you're part of the experience, and it does have, like, a nice summer camp vibe to it. Totally. Everyone has to hang out with each other. Yeah. But, you know, I think also you can't be mad at people who aren't willing to fly to Italy for your wedding. Sure. Of course. If they don't want to go, it's quite understandable. Yeah. Other famous person who was there was Jesse Palmer, which is a really weird one. Yeah. Former yes. former bachelor and former uh, athlete, Jesse Palmer. A wedding with a lot of athletes would really intimidate me because, like, they're all just, like, I don't know. It's just a way of life that I don't have access to. And just, so you would feel intimidated because you have like, to interact with them? No, because, like, they're all in a club that I'm not a part of. Okay. The professional athlete But isn't club. that true of, like, every single wedding? It's just, like, filled with many clubs of people that you're not a part of, um, you know? And you just get put at your table with your friends? I just feel like with athletes, I have such reverence for them that okay. I, I feel more intimidation okay. by it. 
Otherwise, I like love talking to strangers and randos at that's a wedding. That's the real difference between I you love, and me. I love a stranger and a rando at any party. It's like there's you're many like, people. You're lighting up right now. <laughs> yeah. You're coming alive. Yes, I love as it. As I am like physically shrinking. <laughs> like I'm cowering in on myself and you're just like, yes. I just can think of like many wedding friends, like people I met like one or two times at like the rehearsal dinner and a wedding. I'm like, yeah, I love them. They're great. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I really, that's not true. One time. At our friend's 40th birthday party dinner, I made friends with someone, and I liked her. That's great. That was it. That was one time. It was great. I just love a shallow party friend friendship that lasts for a very short time and expires. There's so much psychoanalysis that could be done on both of us right now, and we could just keep moving past it. That's that's great. Um, Can I add one more thing that I just really enjoyed? So Caroline Wozniacki got married. I think probably if you do time zones, and I can't believe I'm about to cite golf here, but like simultaneously with Rory McIlroy kind of melting down at the U.S. Open. My husband informs me it was not a full meltdown. He just didn't reach his potential. Sure. But whatever. Rory screwed up at the same time that Caroline had a lovely wedding in Tuscany and was photographed by Vogue. So good for her. Shout out to her. There we go. I remember... um DMing someone at TMZ the day they broke up to like find out what the details were. <laughs> and I didn't didn't yield much. Okay. M- my final note, I yeah. just feel like she's kind of a bridezilla. She made her bridesmaids change from one dress to another for like the, the post party. Oh, did she? I yeah. thought that they were just stuck in the same dresses. I believe they changed colors. I gotta be honest, they're not great bridesmaids dresses. No, they're really Wh- basic. Why even at this level? They're terrible bridesmaids dresses. Why are we doing this you know to our what? friends? I think you're right. They didn't change. You're right. But, no, just, but still, if they didn't change, why are we doing this? What is the point of bridesmaids dresses in 2019, Juliet? What is it? It's for the photos. It's for Vogue. Like It's like an aesthetic but like, people why like. why do they have to be wearing the exact same dress or the exact same color? It's just an aesthetic people strive It's for. a terrible aesthetic. <laughs> I honestly think if you are a person that has made your friend wear a matching dress in a wedding, you owe your friend an apology. <laughs> Straight up right now. Call your friends. Be like, I'm sorry. Uh, that was rude. And also, I didn't make the best taste decision. There we go. Call your friends. Tell them you love them and that you're sorry. I uh, have only had to do that one time. And I was like, oh, I'll keep this dress. I'll dye it. I'll wear it another time. Has not happened. No one has ever died like a terrible bright Whatever. <laughs> Just uh, give some guidelines if you're that concerned about the photos. But let people look nice. Just let your friends look nice. I, yeah. I, I also think there's a whole set of rules for weddings for under 30 and over 30. But maybe that's just my own bias. Mm. But I just feel like when it's still new to you and your friends, there's a little bit more leeway to, like, do things really conventionally. And then when you're, like, at I would 30. like to hold even the young brides to a higher standard. <laughs> I believe in them. I believe that the children are the future and that you do not have to put your friends through what Juliet and I went through. <laughs> Thank you. On that note, let's move on. We're going to talk about Gloria Vanderbilt next. But first, a message about the Ringer Podcast Network. Hey, guys, this is Liz Kelly here to tell you about some changes to the Ringer Podcast Network. The Press Box with Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker is moving into its very own feed and will now be coming to you twice a week. So to keep up with the media's biggest news stories, from sports to politics to everything in between, subscribe to The Press Box on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and look for new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. All righty, let's talk about Gloria Vanderbilt. She passed away at the age of 95. She was 
Anderson Cooper's mother. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand the significance of Anderson Cooper or Gloria Vanderbilt until he made a documentary about her that was on HBO a few years ago. Yes. And it was really loving. It seemed like he really had just a lovely relationship with his mother. And essentially, she is just like very old American money. Like many different uh kind of family dynasties come together around Gloria Vanderbilt. Like, there's some Morgans in the mix. There's some Vander—obviously, she's a Vanderbilt. Like, yes. there's just a lot going on with her. And she also had, like, a fairly tragic early life. So, essentially, the kind of, like, the, the Cliff's notes on Gloria Vanderbilt, it's like, as a child, her mother had her when she was very young, and then she moved to France, where she was largely raised by, like, a nanny and, and other people, mm-hmm. which was controversial because then Gloria Vanderbilt's aunt sued for custody of her. And won. And won. And so then Gloria Vanderbilt had to come back to the U.S. Her nanny was fired. And she had, like, a pretty, like, rocky childhood as a result. And then had many different marriages mm-hmm. of varying success. And then along the way, she had Anderson Cooper. And then the main thing she's known for is, like, bringing denim to women as, like, a fashion style. That's true, which I didn't really understand the full extent of that until this week. It's pretty cool. She yeah. Had, she, like, got, like, a really cool life. And then she was also, um, like, a painter, and she just seemed, like, to be full of ideas and wanted to be surrounded by ideas. And I just—and I, I just am like, what a cool life this woman had. Though hard. Yes, though hard. Though, at the same time, she was an heiress to one of, like, the largest American fortunes yeah. in the world. So, it's, like, interesting things happen when you have that much money. But she is kind of—it's, like, a relic of another era. Yeah, And absolutely. honestly, several eras, because the Vanderbilts are, like, the Gilded Age. And, yes. And— and there are not that many people that bridge that link, ridiculous that is ridiculous as it may be. And then obviously she was a visible person in the 40s and the 50s and the yeah. 60s and then the 80s. Like she really made the most of every decade. So she was kind of like a walking time capsule. Her first wedding was in Santa Barbara, which was just so ahead of her time. Yeah. So amazingly ahead of her time. I'm impressed. It was yeah. California was like was nothing like it is now. And she still recognized it. It was a great place to, to wed. That's true, though. Like, Santa Barbara and Pasadena are kind of early-ish rich people enclaves, right? Yeah, definitely. But still, her first wedding, I think, was, like, in the 30s or Right, 40s. well, she was, like, 17. Yeah, she was yeah. 17, okay. literally. Right. Kind of, and that lasts for, like, less than a year, basically. And Anderson Cooper interviewing her about her early romantic choices— is pretty charming. It's really he's charming. just like, really? We didn't think about this? Also, it's kind of amazing to see him learning stuff about his mom yeah. at the age that he was when he made that movie, which is like mm-hmm. full-on adult. And yeah. so, obviously, there's like just so, I mean, a parent-child relationship, what yeah. you know, but it's also just like so much to her that it was sort of like not even the important information to get up front or like that she even shared about herself. Yeah. I was going to say, I think if I interviewed my parents now about that I would get different information than I did when I was 25 or, oh, sure. you know, 18, that they, you know, because you relate to your child or to your parent differently over time. Sure. And there are different ages. But it is it is quite I just interesting. Mean, in terms of the stories she told about herself. The, yeah. The things that he, that she felt were, like, important to tell him that he already knew were, like, so separate from, like, a lot of the more salacious stuff, which is, like, pretty cool. Yes. She definitely had that quality that some people have of, um, not self-mythologizing, but of... Uh, of telling your own story and making these these grand narratives. Yeah. And creating the myth of yourself, which in this case is very interesting. Totally. And the denim thing is just so wild because we just accept denim as like a fashion plate. I wear jeans pretty much mm-hmm. 80% of the time, mm-hmm. particularly to work. Mm-hmm. And it's just like they just were not a thing that women necessarily wore for fashion for a very long time. Yeah. He gives a really great— um, 
uh, like obituary to her mm-hmm. on his show that is like now being t- passed around on Twitter, and I really recommend it. It's really moving. Yeah, and it uses some of the clips from HBO, yeah. but the documentary, but also with his. It has some pretty recent footage of her, yeah. in, in the hospital as well. That was very touching. It was just, it's just a very sweet story. And she's just a really cool life. And I was thinking about if she were um, like one of our contemporaries, the way Mm -hmm. that she'd be covered would be so much more like, I mean, it's not quite the same because the people are already celebrities, but like almost like Courtney, um, Francis Bean, Cobain, the daughter of like Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain, like people like these rocky childhoods, it's just portrayed so differently now. And maybe it's like a little bit hard to compare, but the way that you interpret it is just, I think, different. And the type of access you'd have to it is different. Yes. And so much of it is also in how she chooses to interpret it and present it. Absolutely. Yeah. Final topic of today. Yes. My social media feed and my page six reading have been infiltrated by the Cannes Lions Festival. Yes. And I feel like this is the year that Cannes Lions has, like, really become a thing. Um, That could be true. My question to you would be, what is Cannes Lions? Because I'm having a... I'm not having the same experience on social media that you are. <laughs> and that's fine. You know, that's the, I guess that's the beauty of social media. It is kind of funny. It's called the Can Lions International Festival of Creativity. And it was okay, formerly so, known as the International Advertising Festival. Okay. And so this year, I feel like all this brand stuff has been detached from the word advertising and like celebrated as like creative ways to like to like work with brands essentially. And so that's what I've seen is like people celebrating Can Lion nominations or wins for basically branded content. So it's just like a really fancy advertising awards, which makes me think of the uh, Don Draper. So is it like, oh, like the Cleos? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, so is it like advertising Aspen Ideas Festival? Kind of. Okay. It's a, but it's attracted all these like really rich and famous. I just people. read this sentence along with returning. I'm sorry, the sentence fragment along with returning favorites like the iHeart Media Yacht. Yeah. So it's like it's and just like some a, relative newcomers floating in, such as CBS Interactive. So this is from a page six article detailing the various yachts at Cam Ryan's. And I. So this, we're not branding this jam session Yacht Watch, Celebrity Yacht Watch, for a reason, okay? This is a separate sphere. <laughs> this, this is Yacht not, Watch, unofficial. This is this is not qualify as Celebrity Yacht Watch. Um, basically, the owner of the Redskins, Dan Snyder, arrived oh, yeah. in a $180 million, 93-meter, 3,000-ton yacht. It's so big, it's a football field in length, and it couldn't even fit in the Port de Cannes and has instead been parked up alongside the seawall. Thank you to Very Page cool. Six for this great info. I also saw on Twitter that he was there looking for a sponsor for a new stadium. So it's really just a place to, like, network with brands and, like, exchange ideas about how to use brand money and, and whatnot. And this really came to my attention yes. because SoulCycle is doing classes there. Oh, wow. And Lindsay Shukas former girlfriend of Ben Affleck more than one time. Yes. Um, and also SNL. Yeah. Book, uh, booker. Music booker, yeah. I don't want to sell her. I don't want to give her short shrift. She's just probably best known at this point yes. as having dated Ben Affleck. Anyway, she celebrated her birthday at this festival and then was, like, photographed at, like, at the Soul Cycle pop-up on, like, the main podium with the SoulCycle CEO. And she just sort of, and that then I was like, okay, Can Lion is really here this year. And I just was like, this is such a um, crazy nexus of things that I care about, which is Ben Affleck, Lindsay Shukas, SoulCycle, the French Riviera, and Page Six. So... It was just like too much. I had to I had to bring it to your attention. I'm now updating the 
the would you rather that you posted me earlier in this podcast is like, would you prefer to have a hair and makeup photo done halfway or spend time at on the iHeartRadio yacht at Can Lion? <laughs> With all respect to iHeartRadio, I like pop music too. I don't know the answer to that one. This seems overwhelming to me. I mean, it's a lot of crazy stuff. Yes. All at once. Yes. I also just like how Can, by the way, simultaneous to this, this is another reason why it really caught my attention is I'm obsessed with Gabrielle Union and she's currently in Monaco mm-hmm. for the uh, Monaco TV Festival where she's been promoting her show with Jessica Alba, LA's Finest. Okay. And so Can and, and Monaco are really close to each other. It's just an easy boat ride away. Uh, you're, you can't even use your yacht, you know? It's just like from one port to the other, take a smaller boat. And so it just there's just like a lot of like fake festivals happening in the French Riviera right now. That's good for them. You know, everyone should get a chance to go to the French Riviera, I suppose. Also, even, even brands. Also, David Lee and Caroline Wozniacki just went to Eds, which is like a mountaintop town on the French Riviera as mm-hmm. well. So it's just yeah. like all of these interests are coalescing at a place that I love, which is the French Riviera. Yeah. I mean, it is really is their season. It's not summer in Los Angeles yet, but it's summer there. Below Deck Mediterranean is also on Bravo right now. Wow. And it's set in the French Riviera as well. Do you think that I would like Below Deck Mediterranean? Um, Do you think I would learn things? Yeah, you would learn things. It's um, What would I learn exactly? Uh, the different roles that you have on a yacht. Okay. The kinds of things people expect. Okay. But I just want to caution that this is not—I don't think it's true luxury. Not to be too obnoxious. Okay. But I just think if you're going on below deck med, it says something about what you're looking to get out of your yacht vacation. Okay. And I just don't think it's the highest end that you could get for that—for the price. Because I've seen it. The people who go on below deck med, they don't get to pay less. They still have to pay the same fee for a few days on a, on the yacht. Why would you do that then? Because you want to be on TV. Okay. Or, or you think it's funny. You're a fan of the show. I don't know why you would do it. Okay. I, it's beyond me. If you can afford going on— a yacht, don't do it on television, is my take. But many, many people don't feel that way, hence the reality TV industry. I am astonished by the amount of facts that I've learned in the last two <laughs> to three minutes. And, you know, I just choose to end on a positive note, which is I, too, enjoy the ocean and the sea and water and being near it in the summer. And I'm happy for everyone who's managed to do that. What a lovely final note. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs> 